this is Catherine O'Connell and welcome to Lawyer On Air. If you are looking for inspirational stories about women in law, then this is the podcast for you. Join me and my lawyer ladies as we enjoy a glass of wine after a hard day at work and talk about the world of women in law. It's my passion to share stories of amazing legal ladies who are working as in-house legal counsel, who have law firm roles, who are leading on boards and who are doing law differently. From time to time, I will also invite special guests on the show to share their insights on legal recruiting and tips for getting hired as a successful lawyer in Japan. I hope you will enjoy getting to know these amazing women who I am so proud to share a profession with. I'm glad you're here and I hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Lawyer on Air podcast. I'm a special host for the show today, Jane Nakata, the producer and manager of Lawyer on Air. Today, my special guest is Catherine herself. I'm really looking forward to showing you a side of Catherine that potentially you don't see when you see all of her wonderful branding and marketing out there, or you listen to the podcast, which, you know, we spend a lot of time and effort to make it sound really good so that you can enjoy listening to it. So today you're going to hear from Catherine and hear about some of the things that have helped her to get to where she is today. And I'm sure you've noticed, yes, she is now going to have two board positions coming up soon in the summer once that other one passes through the shareholders vote and she said to me recently a lot of people come up to her and say wow you're doing all these things it's amazing and she sort of thought wow they don't know the things that have happened for me to get to this place so we talk about those things today in this episode so if you want to hear more about yeah, some of the challenges that have come across Catherine's path and also how she she got through them, some of the, the strategies or things that were useful for her to get to where she is today. So I hope you will enjoy this episode with Catherine O'Connell. Hello, Catherine, and welcome to Lawyer On Air. Thank you for being my special guest today. Well, thank you so much, Jane. I'm feeling a little nervous, just like my guests probably do with the microphone turned around towards me this time. Yeah, right. You're going to be on the receiving end of the questions today. That's okay. I'm sure you're used to this. And we're just talking about you and uh, your life so far. So I'm sure we will be fine. So if we were meeting in person today, where would we be? And what would you be ordering from the menu? Oh, good question. I love this question. This always tells me so much about my guests, but I've got two answers because I'm going to take liberty. The first is, if I was drinking wine, I'd head mm. on down to Apero. Apero oh. was introduced to me by Angela Krantz, who was my very first guest on the podcast. Mm. The people there are lovely, and I'd probably be ordering a champagne. Because I recently had a champagne there uh, called a winter champagne because it was in wintertime. Mm. It was awesome. But if I was going to be taking the other end of day, where it's a little bit earlier, perhaps afternoon, Mm. I'd go down to the National Arts Centre in Tokyo. It's really close to me in Nogizaka. uh, And there's a cafe, Salon de la Ronde, I think, the round salon. Mm. And they just serve pretty ordinary sandwiches and cakes and coffees and things. But it's the place. It's inside this museum and it's beautiful. And it sort of features, it's featured in anime, I believe, and other things like that. Uh, It's on top of this inverted cone, and it's 
round and it's just awesome for the view and for the atmosphere of being there so i'd head on down there and probably get an espresso because black coffee is so good for you keeps you in health keeps your mind alert mm -hmm. i'm such a converted person to black coffee so probably have an espresso wow do they have flat whites there because i do like a flat white <laughs> they have lattes i'm afraid they don't have uh, flat whites or have okay. to well, um, have one of those yeah. probably and i would definitely join you for a champagne at apero that sounds delicious champagne being my favorite drink everybody just in case you were wondering <laughs> mine too now i can't take flat yeah. wine as well so yeah i'm i'm a bubbly person now yeah mm. well so here we are we have recorded how many episodes nearly 50 episodes nearly 50 jane mm. we are on air two years goodness me what a lot has happened and it's been more than a year since we checked in with you to see you know, what's happening or your learnings, your thoughts and things. So we thought it would be a great time in the season five to do another episode with Catherine as the guest. So here I am, special host for this episode. So catch us up. What's been happening? Anything you want to share in particular that you're excited about? Oh, it's just going to be an awesome year, this 2023. And yes, you're right. Nearly 50 episodes going from 2018, when I first talked to you about launching a podcast, I had no idea that I'd actually do it, number one, and number two, that it would be so magical and um, enriching and mm. nourishing for me as well as the guests. So I'm really proud of achieving that milestone of having people say yes to me, <laughs> trust me, come on the mm. show. And yep. I often get this feedback that people didn't realize how great it was going to be to reflect on their life. Uh, and what they've done, where they've come from. So that's been really great to hear. Going forward, you know, continuing season six, seven, let's see where mm. it goes. Yep. I've got some other uh, things up my sleeve, but I think 2023, it's awesome because I'll take on another board role this year, pending what happens in, in June, of course, with voters uh, voting. But I have to stand back and really think about the fact that I've nearly got this role with Toyota and it's Ah, it's humbling at the same time as being a real place where I can draw a line in the sand and say, you know, you did it and that you can do things that you never thought were possible. Yeah. And I'd really like others to know that that is possible. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, people who are coming across you in the last mm. year or so might look and think, oh, wow, look at Catherine. She has no... There's no glass ceiling for her. There's no challenges. She just sort of mows everything down and does whatever she wants. But they haven't seen the what we just calculated as nearly 30 years of legal mm. career and things happening in the in the background that they haven't seen. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's true. It comes up quite a bit these days that people view me in the Catherine mold that I am now. Mm. And that's great. I'm glad that they see that. But also, I wasn't only, you know, I'm 56 now. I wasn't 56 for 30 years. I was, you know, much younger. I was 26. I was 16. Mm. I was 36. So I was all those years coming up. And yes, I've had my challenges. And I haven't spoken a lot about those. But I think one of the ones that's come up recently for me was um, since I've been doing a storytelling workshop the last five or six weeks getting up at 4.30 in the morning for five o'clock calls with this cohort. And a lot of things come out there with your, people's vulnerabilities and challenges they've gone through life. 
the whole point of telling a story is that there's a challenge and you mm, overcome it. Yeah, that's not and a you, great story if there's no challenge, No, right? and you approach <laughs> the world differently. So I think one of the worst things that ever happened to me was when a boss told me I wasn't a leader mm. and I was not strategic and that perhaps there might be a better place to go and find that place where I could be doing other things. And that mm. was quite a hard thing to learn from somebody and have someone who is your boss tell you this sort of thing. And wow. so and going to just leave, that, not like I'm going to help you be more strategic no. or become a leader. You should just Ab like not be actually, here. Actually, yes, oh that's God. right. Yeah. And so I think I wasn't a very good supervisor for direct reports, for example. I think I made many mistakes. Mm. And through coaching, through sort of analyzing myself internally, being very frank with myself, and working on it, I think I've now been able to sort of become a better leader. I do have more strategic approach to the way I do things. But I, the thing is, I didn't let it define me at that time. Although, actually, if I'm honest, it did define me for a while. Of I course, thought I was no yeah. good, that I was not a leader, that I couldn't be strategic. And it boxed me in mm. and uh, hurt me for a long time. But I think along the way working on myself, I've got to a point where I'm a better leader and I can be strategic. So I just mm. wanted people to know that, you know, when you look at me, you are seeing someone who has gone through plenty of challenges. And that's just the tip of the iceberg to tell you those things that I haven't actually mm. said openly to other people before mm. now. And that's quite hard to say. But if you ask others, you'll find that everybody has had challenges similar. Uh, and that we are actually all connected through this thread of humanness, that we've all had hard times, different times, but actually quite similar. When I shared this story with the other potential storytellers in the cohort, hmm. three or four wrote to me and told me that had exactly the same thing happened. And you have no idea how uh, comforting that was, that I wasn't alone, that we aren't an island, and that things come across our path that do challenge us. And the point is not to let it define you, to overcome the challenge and um, go forward and do other things. So it can be a stimulus to change and mm. do something else about it. You can leave it. It's information. You can do what you wish with it. But for me, it, it really bothered me for a long time and dragged me down. Mm. And I did think I couldn't be anything else in this world, that I could never be a leader or someone who was so-called strategic, whatever that means. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but here we are. I mean, maybe doing a podcast is a strategy. Um, Ooh, leading is. people to speak and tell their stories, unlock their wisdom, is also a leader in some way. And so mm. there's different ways to define leader and strategist. And I think in that boss's mind, he had his way of defining what it was. And, mm. and that's fine. I wasn't the fit for him a round and a square perhaps so those were hard times yeah jane they were really yeah. hard times but um they've brought me to where i think i am today and so i want people listening to know that you will be going through challenges as well but the people who are just ahead of you or 10 15 years ahead of you have also gone through something to be where they are i mm. guarantee you that no one can be in the position they are and fighting fit without having had a very sick time at some point where they didn't think they yeah. were very yeah. good. Mm. Yeah. I think that would be a very rare case if they did, if it was all, yeah, roses and, you know. 
may look like way. that. That yeah. may look like that, mm. but generally speaking, they've mm. walked through a lot of weeds to get to the roses. Mm. Yeah. So now that you have this wisdom, 10, 15, 20 years on from that time where you were told you're not a leader and you're not good, you can never be a strategist or a strategic. Uh, what would you say if you could go back to that, Catherine, and say and, oh. and just take her aside and, and be a, a mentor or a guide for her now? What would you say to her? Oh, yes, that's a really great question. I think I'd say that it's one person's view of you and perhaps mm. part of it is true. Maybe you're not a very good leader at that particular moment. Maybe you're not really good leading people who are your you know, subordinates or your direct reports, whatever is the PC way to say that. And maybe there should have been more uh, feedback to those people to make them come along with you, right? So maybe it was, you know, the person that you were then was not a really good fit for that role. But didn't mean that leader is one definition and that strategist is one definition. So pull your socks up and get going because find another way, Catherine, to be a leader. If you want to be a leader, do you mm. want to be a leader? You do. <laughs> find another yeah. way. What does right. strategy mean to you? What do you think he meant when he said that? And how could you do it in a different way? Mm. I would have loved someone to be there and tell me that. And I wish. Right my older self could have turned back and tell myself that but that's mm. what i'd probably say is that there's many ways to be a, a leader there's many ways to strategize and you can do it if that's what you want to do if you want to be a leader if you want to be someone who strategizes for others how are you going to do that mm. what's coming up for you catherine how are you going to do it mm. so were you um, missing any kind of sort of mentor at that time or did you have anyone at that time you could have gone to if you had, I didn't. had the thought you didn't I have don't anyone. think I did because I was so embarrassed about being told that and mm. that it was really a point in time where that led to me leaving that company mm. because of those things that were said and so it was hard to find a, a mentor or someone to really confide in I did find a friend who I did say this has happened. Can you help me? And lo and behold, that person did actually say to me, thank God you are telling me this because you don't deserve to be there. In fact, they don't deserve to have you. I think they meant there's other things that you can be doing and it's right. not the best place for you. And they had already seen that in me, but I hadn't quite seen it. And so ah. sometimes you realize it in yourself. Others might tell you, but sometimes it takes someone to tell you. So Yes, I don't know if I'd call that person a mentor, but I call it someone who was a lifesaver and a, a real angel. And so that person's still in my life now and is a very big supporter. Wow. So I turned to her and she helped me uh, exit with a great package. You know, she even brought in an HR person to help me. And so oh I goodness. felt empowered wow. after feeling I had lost all my power and my strength. Uh, so I, I thank that person. I know they know who they are mm. and who they, if they listen to this, they will absolutely know who they are. And I wouldn't call it mentor. I would call it the, the person, the knight and nightiest and shining. Lifesaver. Lifesaver. Not a lightsaber, a, a lifesaver. <laughs> a lifesaver, absolute lifesaver. Yeah, and when you needed it, yeah. Knew that that was where I shouldn't have been. And it just took mm. someone else to tell me and realized that I was the one with the power to be able to leave on my own terms. So that was mm. great. Um, now I look back, I just smile and think, thank you for the gift, mm. the gift from that person who told me that. Otherwise, God knows where I would have ended up, but I certainly was not in the right place. 
There you go. Uh, and it took, a, learning. it took yeah. a bit of a, <laughs> a push to be moving out of somewhere that, where it wasn't good. So that would be my thing to tell others is that don't force it. You might be in the wrong place. And sometimes it's actually better to leave where you are mm. and start something else. It's yeah. interesting what you just, uh, that story that you've just told us. We hear that a lot from all of the guests across the way on air, but also people who we've worked with on our retreats. This mm. not talking to people about what's going on and trying to figure it all out yourself seems yeah. like a real common sort of thing. <laughs> I don't want to say a problem, but. I think it is. And we're not an island. We do need to talk to others. And mm. I think it's because we're so geared up as lawyers to be a certain type, to be a certain level, to be a certain impression that you create around town, to be, to be that person who's bold and who's strong and who can do anything because you're a lawyer but actually we're just humans mm. and we have a whole lot of things that don't go quite right for us and we're not perfect and so when something does go wrong it doesn't go so well for us we really need to open up and talk to others it's never as bad as we think honestly it's never as bad as we think right it feels really hard in the moment and by god it was hard for me I was so embarrassed and so upset and thought I'd be turfed out of my apartment, you know, unable mm. to pay the rent. And here's the savior says to me, look, you can come and stay with me, but you're not going to need to do that because you'll be fine. Right. You'll be absolutely fine. So knowing that someone knows you well enough to say that and they've got your back, it's only through opening up that you can actually find that person to help you. And we, mm. we absolutely need others to help us. We can't be by ourselves. Yeah, that trusted network, isn't it, of people who can look sort of more coolly at the situation and go, yeah, you are in the wrong place or that's not appropriate treatment or, or whatever the situation is. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I really hope that other women lawyers in Japan have access to these kinds of networks or are creating or making an effort to create these kind of networks that can support them. And I think through myself doing mentoring for others, other lawyers, other women lawyers, that this is what I want them to know, that as a mentor, someone who's been through this, and if you're experiencing it, it's that kind of person who can help you. So just know that someone like me exists, but there'll be others too, because I, as I said before, I guarantee others have been through this. Mm -hmm. They just may not have openly talked about it, yeah. but it's important that we see the whole spectrum of a person and that they have gone through lots of shards of glass to break through those ceilings and that we can get there but we're not an island we do need others to help us yeah and maybe it's your time to receive help and in the future you'll be able to turn around and help somebody else absolutely in their situation so yeah. not to to worry too much about asking for help i think that's another thing isn't it i can't give anything back right now to you you know i'm just asking for help here mm. but actually you one day you will it may not be directly to the prison maybe it will be who knows like who knows what will happen in this world so exactly definitely, yeah don't let that stop you from asking for help i think is huge yeah huge huge thing isn't it it's huge yeah. and i mean i can yeah. sit now and say i am really thankful for what happened i certainly wasn't then but mm. i can look back and think of that as the worst thing one of the worst things that happened to me shall we say but yeah has really brought me a strength now to be able to be the person I am. So that is who you see now as mm. someone who's gone through that. Yeah, and, that's just um, the one example. Talk with a smile on her face, but if yeah. you've done it 10 years ago, whatever it was, uh, it, it wasn't. And it's 
it's really taken until now to be able to speak up about it. There you go. So that's really great to hear that we can overcome these things. We can be, we can become better, stronger from these adverse things. And yeah, why not ask for help while you're going through it? There's no need to do these things alone. That's for sure. So let's talk about seizing opportunities. Oh, I love this topic. <laughs> so tell us your, uh, what is your, your phrase that you have that uh, encapsulates your thoughts about seizing mm. opportunities? The door to opportunity is always marked push. Mm. I think every encounter you have is a corridor to your opportunity. There are few opportunities in life that are just automatic doors that open up for you. Uh, and so most doors need a push to show you the opportunity. And I think you may, if you don't do that, you find yourself standing outside, always waiting for someone to come and offer you something. And really most of the things that come to you are an opportunity waiting behind a door. You just have to find your way to push it, make up your mind to go to that door, push it open uh, with an eager heart, eager mind. Perhaps you knock, but perhaps you don't knock. Sometimes the best opportunities are the ones that you don't knock and make your presence known. You just enter the door. Perhaps sometimes yeah. you get through the door and it's not the right opportunity. And so mm -hmm. you rotate back out again. You've learned something but that was you've not learned right something. for me. It wasn't yeah. right. And those do, that does yeah. happen. It does happen a lot. Um, yeah, we have a lot of fantasies about what would be great. And then when you actually try them, it's like, oh, yeah, as good as I thought it was. Thought. Okay. Yeah. And the strength in there too is to let that go. But mm. if I thought of, think, think about not knocking, that's one thing, but knocking is also very important. And to do yeah. that, shall we say this word strategically, mm. finding that handle, knowing what the handle looks like, do you turn it left or right? What is the strategic approach, right? So you do actually have to be strategic. And, and that would be key to what I've done for my board position. So hello out there, I can mm. be strategic. And there I have a very strategic <laughs> approach to that. The other thing would be to ignore the naysayers. I mean, classic, I've talked about a lot is when I was starting my business, my law firm, oh, why are you doing that? Why are you leaving a great corporate role? Well, you know, the corporate role wasn't quite the role that I wanted to do. Mm. Um, and so, you know, finding that opportunity, sometimes you need to go through those obstacles of people who mean well, perhaps, but not always completely thinking about you, right? Yeah, most things. people's advice and comes often from their own self, Their own risk, right? their own yeah. risk level, yeah. So yeah. I would say, you know, if you don't approach doors and actually open them up, you're going to miss out. So they are always marked push. Hardly ever pull, actually, because that takes, that's sort of more passive to pull towards you. Pushing takes a lot more energy. Um, and as I said, too, not many things are automatic. So many things do not come to you on a plate you do have to go after them um, and how you approach that is really important. Mm. Yeah, we have one in my family, which is kind of similar, but different. It's take the road that is more interesting. So when you're trying to make a decision, am I going to do, you want to going to stay here? Or am I going to do this thing, which is kind of scary and looks like a lot of hard work, mm. which is the road that's going to be more interesting or wh which path is more interesting? Well, obviously, it's probably going to be the one that's hard and you actually have to do something rather than stay in the status quo. And that's that's how we try to make decisions in our family right. when we have that's when we come great. across something like that. Yeah. 
Mm. And I mean, there might be several doors there too, Jane. You've got to decide between them, or maybe it's all exactly three right. Have, it's not right? just A or B. The promotion, be... the yeah. advancement, the board position, the extra education you want to do, going for that recognition, applying for the award. All of those things could be doors that open at the same time. But I, I like the way you've put that. I think that's a great motto for your family. Yeah. Which way to the more interesting life? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it can be, as you've often talked about, A and B and C, mm -hmm. and not necessarily A or B or C. That's really critical too, right? It could be more than one. Mm. Yeah, so you mentioned your strategicness of your board positions, and people who are looking at you might be like, well, I could never do that. I could never be on a board. I'm, I'm just me. I'm, what do I know? I'm sure you probably felt like that at a certain point in your career, looked up at the people ahead of you and thought, I can never be like those people who have positions on a board. You are the statutory auditor and supervisory board member of Fujitsu and pending the shareholder vote, also Toyota this coming summer. Amazing. Can we just stop <laughs> and say how freaking amazing that is? Thank you. I think actually that's one point of advice is to stop and think about what you've done, where you've come so far, recognize it, not just for a few seconds, celebrate the period of time that it's taken and where you are. And I'd really say that to everybody as advice, stop and actually celebrate where you've come from, your hard earned success. So what would you say to those people who are like looking mm. up at you and going, wow, of course, Catherine can do that because she's so amazing and she has no challenges <laughs> and she just does everything she wants to do. But me, mm. I, little of me, I could never do that. Well, I remember it was probably about 10 years ago, nine, 10, 11 years ago, and I was in a women lawyers on boards panel meeting. And there were two people that, who were speaking. There were actually three, but two, I, I really summoned up the courage to attend that event and also sit in the second or third row and wrote down my question I wanted to ask them and wrote it and you know read it uh, at the opportune time, how to be a board member and how to go about finding one uh, board position. And they closed down on me. They didn't give me any answers they said, you know, it's really about network and who you get introduced to. And, you know, you're really quite young. And I don't think that's something that you should be thinking about now. So, you know, it's really people who have been in, in the job for a long time. And it's maybe there's a chance later, but they just really closed down and no Ooh. opportunity was given to, well, these are the things that we think you should do. And how Start, about you yeah. try this? Do that. Yeah. Right. This or way to the board opportunities. No. Right? And right. even now, these days you'll hear people say, if they are offering to be a mentor, they'll say, well, get in touch with me and we'll talk about it and we'll help mm -hmm. you. But there was no offer of help. And that closed down this big wall for me. And I thought it's insurmountable. There's mm. no way if two people who are amazing women leaders in the community don't offer it up, how am I ever going to find that way? And this whole point is this whole pathway to being a board member is, is a black box and is quite heavily disguised under camouflage. Mm. You have to really look to find how to do it, but it is very well possible. I think too, a lot of people around me who did have board positions were coming from a finance background were people who'd done M&A, you know, mergers and acquisition deals, had been big lawyers and, and law firms or had been other people who were big in the community. And I didn't think I was that big. I was what I would describe myself as a, a lowly lawyer working in a manufacturing company all my life, uh, you know, at the coalface, working in 
in businesses that weren't so glamorous. Yeah, really. not glamorous, right? Manufacturing, factories, dirt, dust. Dust, literally wearing ugly uniforms. Ugly uniform. <laughs> I have the proof. Yes, I have the proof and have received the laughs from others who said, mm. saw me, lawyers who saw me in that uniform. But now I can say is that that was absolutely where it was leading to, that that was my niche or my niche that I was carving out for myself that I didn't even really appreciate or know. Mm. And that for Fujitsu in particular, that was that what they absolutely called out is they wanted the person who had been at the coalface, who had been in manufacturing, who knew how things were made, mm. who could be understanding around the board table to know what they were talking about when they were talking about tech and different items and things that they were producing and, and concepts they were talking about, who had been a, a lawyer dealing with um, ethics and risk management and, and legal issues across the world in different industries in different countries, shall we say. Mm -hmm. So the things that I'd been doing had all led to that position, I believe, in that mm. that was absolutely what they wanted. So from the Cinderella who lost her shoe going to the ball, I actually found out that I'd got the you got invited open, to open ticket the ball to the ball. Ball balls. <laughs> the ball of ball balls. And, you know, yeah. that's also led to the next one. And mm. there's many things I can tell you about at the right time. But, you know, when you meet the, the leader of that company, and you talk face to face for a few hours about what you feel as a person, what you understand as a person, and what you can bring as a team member and a leader and a strategist to the table. That really brought it home to me that anything is possible. That someone like me who's come from a small country, who's really just gone for it and been quite diligent and used her grit, if you can do all those things, no, it's not magical. There's no one way. It takes time, but you can actually absolutely do it. And I want everyone who's listening here today to, to know that it is possible. You've got to find the way that you're going to be different and provide something that's of value to them, but also that you just show up as a real person yeah, uh, who's not coming in with airs and graces and because you've worked xyz done xyz you are amazing it's not about that it's all about humbleness and uh integrity and showing your true self and they will figure that out if you're the right one and it's also about timing those things didn't come immediately they took time you know two mm -hmm. years for that first one with fujitsu and uh, less time after that for the second but once you get a role they start yeah, cascading in. Uh, let me get tell over you that. that. First but one, yeah. absolutely possible. Um, and from that day, when I sat in front of those people and they said to me, you know, basically shoved me aside and didn't want to give away any secrets, I now try to help people do that. Mm. Find the way into boards. They can come to me for for mentoring and coaching how to do that. And also, it's so incredible, Jane, that one of those people has recently approached me one of those people who said no to me or turned me down shut me down has come back to me admiringly about my branding and what i'm doing in the market and wanting to emulate me so i find that in that moment happening was just full circle as well and wow. i still sit in that moment and, and find it quite mind-blowing mm. um, that someone who wouldn't give help now is seeking out help from me <laughs> Oh, dear. Goodness me. Wow. What a full circle moment indeed. Okay. So I'm going to now give you this 
question that you ask all of your guests. Here we go. What I've learned in my career so far is, can we just say it in one sentence? Is that possible? Well, even? I want to go back to that because opportunity is the thing. And I think the door to opportunity is always very well marked as push. Mm -hmm. uh, and every encounter you have is there waiting for you to push the door open. So mm. please do it. Uh, that's what led me to pushing the door to come to Japan in the first place to work here, pushing open the door to go and move to Panasonic. Uh, how on earth could I work for a brand name company like that? But I pushed it and it, and it came through, you know, and then yeah. the other things that have come through from there, they've all been about pushing. There's been an invitation along the way as well. Hmm. Uh, but again, even if you're invited, it's not automatic and you've got to push in some way. Um, so learning how to push mm. and be able to do that is absolutely central. So that's what's helped me along my career so far. So though it's repetitive, it's really re-emphasizing the fact that you can do it if you push. Mm. And some of those pushes are, are not huge things, are they? They, they can be no. even small things that creates a ripple mm. that sends something back to you that you never imagined. I've certainly experienced that myself. So create some ripples, go and push a few doors. Maybe they're yeah. just small ones, like little and, cat flaps yeah. or something. But <laughs> Yeah, and if I think on the way to the Fujitsu position, there were a couple of other doors that opened up for me for positions that didn't come through as successful. But one was a thank goodness that never happened moment with a particular company. And the other was you know, a family run business, and they decided to hire someone from within the family to keep running the mm. business mm. Uh, and be a board member for that company. And that was fine, too. But along the way, I had so many learnings from those two that didn't succeed, that had I not said yes to the opportunity, I wouldn't have got that insight that then helped me absolutely helped me for the successful positions I've got now, which are amazing, right? Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. push that door everyone go for it mm, yeah i wonder what so what's the next door going to be like now you're obviously these two you got these these two board positions amazing mm. so now you're you know what we are a lot of people would say like oh you obviously you're there you're at the finish line mm, i don't think you're really ever at the finish line if you wish to be if the, i'm content with that that's fine but of course obviously opening the door and making sure that those go well is, is top of mind for me is to make mm. sure that those are positions where I can be successful and make sure that's that another I'm thing, isn't it? Doing, like you've right? got the position. It does, yeah. That's not the end of it, right? Now no. you have to be successful in the you position. You have to be so, successful, yeah. right? And be able to make changes, right? Um, but in the way that you make changes, help Japanese companies in my, in my context to be able to be better at their governance and you know, I, I put it the other day to somebody about being in a car with them, that I wasn't the driver of the car or the navigator, I was somebody in the back seat who was guiding them along as my board position. But I knew that several streets up the road that they could do a, a left turn and find a petrol station that they didn't know existed. So I knew that from my experience of driving right. down that road before, mm. <laughs> where a certain thing was that was going to help them. Right, but I wasn't driving the car to that place or navigating the whole way. I was coming up with an idea that right. would help them. They weren't even so letting you change the radio station. Right? 
no. But, but you but knew there I was knew something cert- up ahead that would be helpful. Yeah, mm. yeah. Or that there was a certain, you know, part in the road that they should be careful about because there was, I had heard the forecast that day and there was rubble on the road or something I, mm. I could tell them from my experience or what I had learned or what I knew. So that's really important. So those things I've got to show um, in the next uh, years, two years, three years, four years, that I can do that and prove mm. my worth. So other opportunities have come up recently and, and I've opened the door, but mm. they haven't felt like an, yeah, I'm going to do it. So I really mm. feel when I open a door now and many are being open for me or I am opening them to see what's behind there, but I've actually not had a feeling of, yes, I want to do that. So in recent times, I've actually turned down roles. And mm. so that's the next learning for me is being able to be discerning and say no to certain things. Yeah. Because at a point in time, which is now, when you've achieved a certain level, things start cascading, running into you. And mm. people, a lot of people want you to do X, Y, Z. Yeah. So being selective is probably my next challenge. Yeah, so that like taking as many opportunities as as you can is a great strategy to a certain point, right? And then it's not a great strategy anymore when you yeah, <laughs> you can get just so overworked and mm. um, everything that you're doing can be just exhausting. So you've mm. just got to be really careful how much you say yes to after a certain point. And you gen- generally tend to know you can feel it. So it's more a yeah. feeling in my body that I know that I I should be saying no. Not that I like the word should, but it's a thing you can feel that it's mm-hmm. it's not a good timing. And actually saying no is very liberating as well. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Well, I've definitely enjoyed hearing these the things I haven't heard. I mean, I've heard a lot of the stories from Catherine over working with you for the last two years, almost daily on your show and various other activities that we get up to. So, yeah, I've really enjoyed hearing more in depth about these things and some of those pivotal moments that in your career that helps you to be where you are today. It was not all plain sailing and bottles of champagne and all of that all the way. Goodness no, me. that's right. It hasn't been. But I think if I was to repeat them hard as they were, I would absolutely do them again because they've brought me to where I am. So. Mm. The good times and the bad times. Yeah, I would repeat it. Mm. Otherwise, yeah. I wouldn't be working with you now. I wouldn't no, be doing all of this. No I wouldn't be here. having the joy I have in life, mm. having gone through what I have. And I've just told you a little bit. So yeah. I wanted people to know that there is that authentic part of me that is uh, someone who's transformed uh, mm. from what happened and that it hasn't defined me. I've allowed my own definition of those things to be brought up for me. I now own that greatness that's come from Mm. those days. Well, thank you so much for your candidness today, Catherine. And I hope that if you're listening and you think, oh, wow, I would love to know more about this or I'd love to work with Catherine, you'll find out how to do that. There's plenty of resources on her website, as well as ways you can get in touch for mentoring, etc and take advantage of this amazing person who we have who's waiting to help you right (laughs) thanks jane so much yeah i'm looking forward to people getting in touch and any other questions please ask yeah thank you all right well that's all we have for this week catherine will be back with the next episode so we'd like to sign off with cheers come pie and bye for now Thank you so much for listening today to this episode of Lawyer On Air. I really hope that you were inspired by the story you heard 
and that you discovered something new about women in the law. Please subscribe to the show so that you don't miss future episodes. And if you can think of even just one person to share this episode with, that would make my day. I invite you to connect with me to talk more. Jump on over to LinkedIn or Instagram where you can find me or send me a message via my website contact page. That's all from me today. I look forward to seeing you right here on the next episode of Lawyer On Air. Cheers, come pie, and bye for now.